great Scott. Are you a sports fan who loves to have a good laugh? Oh, yeah. Then you're in the right place. I'm going to make him an offer again. Life moves pretty fast. Welcome to the Man Cave Chronicles. Hey everyone, Happy New Year. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. I am your host, Elias. I hope you're ready for 2019. I have some uh, great guests lined up to come on the show. It's going to be an exciting year. Don't forget, you can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at the MCC Podcast. And on Facebook, just by searching the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. Also stay tuned, I have a great giveaway as well. This week's guest... You have seen her on Sci-Fi's Z Nation as Dr. Sun Mi, the talented and wonderful Cindy Viang Luang. Cindy, welcome to the cave, and Happy New Year. Thank you. Happy New Year. Thanks for having me. So uh, what's going on with you? What's new with you? Um, just uh, hanging out with the family. I'm, in, I'm back in my hometown, Wichita, Kansas, so um, just enjoying the, the slow time of the year and the holiday break and, you know, making my... 2019 uh, resolutions and New Year plans, so that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, there you go. Uh, well, I want to thank you for coming on, and uh, you know, I want the listeners to get to know a little bit more about you. Where are you originally from? Um, I'm actually, I was actually born in Vientiane, Laos, which is in Southeast Asia, it's a small country um, between Thailand and Vietnam, and my, my family escaped. Uh, so we uh, fled to Thailand, and the first few years of my life were pretty much in refugee camps in Thailand and the Philippines, and then we ended up getting sponsored, and that's how I ended up in Wichita, Kansas. So I, that's where I grew up. So yeah. long story short, whenever someone asks me, where are you from, I, I say from Wichita, Kansas, because I don't have any any memories. I was probably two and a half years old when we uh, when we um, got relocated to, to Kansas. Oh, wow. So um, I'm a Kansas gal. Yeah, so um, yeah, so I'm from Wichita, Kansas, long story short. Yeah. So how was it growing up in uh, Wichita? Um, being from, I mean, growing up, it's a, Wichita's a pretty, it's, I guess, you, you know, it's not as big as Los Angeles. I don't think any city is as big and sprawled out as Los Angeles, but um, Wichita, you know, it's like a, I think population now is like half a million. So it's a decent sized, you know, small city. Um, but you know, it's, it was a really nice place to, you know, there's low crime. It's very, it has that hometown feel, I guess, I guess a typical Midwest hometown feel. And, um, it was, I would say it was a really nice place to just, you know, have a childhood and grow up and it's very, um, I guess traditional and, uh, uh, safe for for yeah. you know a young woman to grow up. So it was it was really nice. You know my family's all here. So um, yeah, I, I loved it. But uh, home Los Angeles is home now. So yeah. um, I love Los Angeles, and I, I still like coming back and visiting family. But it was it was a it was a nice childhood. Yeah. What uh What did you enjoy doing growing up in Wichita? What were some of the things you were into? Ah, uh, I was a big tomboy. So you know back when they actually let kids like ride their bikes around the neighborhood and actually, <laughs> um, you know, like I would, yeah, I would play basketball outside of the driveway. Um, yeah, I would just, you know, be a normal kid and, you know, ride, be with my friends and would be riding bikes in the woods, uh, play sports, go to the playground, um, play video games. I guess I, like I said, I had a pretty normal Midwest childhood. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, 
when you you know when you grew up and uh, you wanted to go to college, where did you go to college and what did you study? I actually ended up staying uh, in my hometown, so I actually went to Wichita State University. So I was a shocker, and um, I ended up studying uh, business. So I got my bachelor's in business and my master's in economics. Um, so I was uh, planning to be in the business world when I graduated, but that obviously didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. So after graduating, what made you move to L.A. right away? Uh, I think from an early, just from an early childhood, my early childhood, I always knew that I didn't want to stay in Los Angeles, or I didn't want to stay in Wichita. I knew that, you know, my life had a bigger purpose, and I knew that I needed to be in the big city to to pursue what I wanted to pursue. I, I didn't know exactly what that was at the time. So I knew that after I graduated college, I would either be moving to New York or Los Angeles. And I remember um, always wanting to be in the you know movie business. And um, after I visited Los Angeles, I think it was a year before I graduated grad school. I maybe it was probably less than a year, but I I fell in love with Los Angeles. I I love the weather. I love the fact that you know I could sit outside and have lunch, and the wind wouldn't be blowing in my hair and like Wichita, Kansas, <laughs> and it was moderate weather, and it's sunny all the time, and just the vibe was really laid back and, and chill, and I just, I knew that I just belonged in, in Los Angeles, yeah. so that's how I ended up there. So you started working at a movie studio, correct? Mm-hmm. What movie studio was this? Uh, Fox Studios. Okay. And what yeah, movie? it's in Century City. So I, I basically, like I said, when I decided that I wanted to move to Los Angeles to be in the movie and the movie industry on the business side, I ended up, uh, I was submitting, you know, my resume to all the big movie studios in the accounting and finance end of it. Um, and um, moving out to Los Angeles, I think within six months of moving out there, I, um, they finally, you know, HR finally called me and they offered me my first, you know, entry level job as an accounting clerk. So I ended up working for 20th Century Fox TV on the movie lot and that's kind of that was my first exposure to like a big studio okay and from there how did you decide one day that you wanted to you know start doing the acting and stuff like that um you know like i said i i felt like i think i think a year behind the accounting desk i just I probably had a quarter life crisis and was like, what am I doing behind an accounting desk? This is not my life. Like, I don't, this is, I, I don't, I know that this is not my purpose in life. And, you know, like I said, I've always had that feeling as a child that I had a bigger purpose that it wasn't, and it wasn't behind an accounting desk. And how was I, well, what, what, what was that? So I kind of just had like a very like existential crisis, a quarter life crisis saying, okay, what is it? And, um, you know, just watching the actors walk outside. I would walk, look out the window and I'd see all the actors walk by to either set or to auditions. And um, I just had this feeling that I, you know, like, you know, what do I have to lose? Let me just try an acting class. And I, I fell in love with an act, the acting and the rest is history. <laughs> so now you attended a, um, acting classes, correct? Yeah, I, um, I first studied at uh, East West Players, which is um, it's a, an Asian American theater downtown in downtown L.A. And um, I studied there for a year at their um, Actors Conservatory. And then 
I've just kind of bounced around to a few other acting co- acting teachers and acting studios, um, you know, yeah. during my training. So after that, uh, tell us a little bit about, like, how did you land your first gig and what was it? Um, well, in, in Los Angeles, <laughs> when you're first starting out, you kind of just, you know, especially when you're non-union, I don't know, for the, for the fans, um, when you're non-union and you're not in SAG yet, which is a Screen Actors Guild, you kind of just do, you know, small projects like student films or, you know, small commercial work. But my, what I consider my first real project was when um, I booked my first paid gig, which was um, my first co-star on, on Criminal Minds, um, Beyond Borders, and it was the pilot episode. So uh, my manager at the time said, you know, uh, I, went, I went to casting. They cast, uh, they cast me as um, this small part because they were in Thailand. And even though I'm Lao, I ended up getting casted as um, a Thai um, police officer. So it was a small bit role. But, yeah. you know, I had like um, I was working with some, some pretty big TV stars and, you know, working on the CBS lot on an actual state sound stage. It was pretty surreal, but that was my very first, I consider my first acting yeah. gig. I mean, and after that, you had some good credits. You know, you've done Jane the Virgin, Scorpion, and now you're on Z Nation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's I, pretty you know, ex- I've slowly worked my way up. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty, it's pretty good for only a few years in. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's, um, I'm, I'm very grateful. And um, yeah, I know, you know, Z Nation has a, a very, um, you know, uh, devoted fan base so i'm I'm excited to yeah. to be a part of the show so now you play dr uh sun may right mm-hmm. correct now, how did you get that role and tell us about the audition for that um scotty mullen who he's one he's the la casting director because we shoot up in spokane washington so there's another there's another um washington casting director but scotty he he casted me in this um this other movie that he was casting and it's actually, it's a zombie movie. And uh, so he knew me, that casting director, Scotty knew me through that movie that he cast me in. So when Dr. Sun May came across his desk, he um, emailed my managers and I and said, Hey, Sydney would be perfect for Dr. Sun May. You know, he, he's like, you know, do, do you want to, um, do you want to uh, audition for it? So he sent over the, the, the character description and the size. And like, once I read Sun May's description, I was like, that's, I'm Sun May. Like, this is me. So I put myself on tape and then, um, which, yeah, which means you're you're self taping and then you send it in. Um, So I put myself on tape and then I got a call back a week later to go in to read for Carl, who's the creator showrunner and Jody and Steve, who were the co-executive producers on the show. So I went in to read for them, and um, I didn't hear back for at least a couple months. And you and, and TV works so quickly, and they cast so quickly that if you don't hear back within a week, you're just you just move on. You're just like, eh, I didn't get it, you know? Yeah. So um, a few months, a couple months later, my manager called me up and said, "Hey, they want to offer you the part of Sun May," and I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, obviously I was ecstatic and I said of course you know I'll I'll play her like um and so that's how I yeah that's that was pretty much the casting um process and how um I became Sun May. Yeah. 
and now in your and your character didn't premiere till the season three, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so how, yeah, so my character didn't premiere um, until season three, and I'm surprised I lasted this long. It's season <laughs> five now, so I, know, I mean that's good. How did you? So how did you prepare for that role after you do you got it? Um, I didn't have to do any type of like physical preparation, but it was just more you know my normal. It was more my normal acting preparation of just, um, especially because she does play, you know, a scientist, you know, just um, making sure that I knew all the scientific terms that I was talking about, doing my research, like any normal character, even if she wasn't a scientist, like any other character that I'm playing, just, you know, doing the research, um, getting the character in my body, all the acting exercises that sound boring to you guys. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so how would you describe Z Nation to the listeners that haven't really seen the show? I always describe Z Nation as the kooky stepsister of The Walking Dead. That's a good way to say so, it. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, it's I, I, I know, you know, the, the, a lot of fans love it because it's not so serious as The Walking Dead. It's, there's a lot of comedy you know, campiness, there's um, some cheesiness to it. And, but we, you know, we're like a comedy with like drama and there's a lot of heart. And um, because we have a very diverse cast, not just with uh, races, but age, I think it's um, surprisingly a lot of families like it, even though there's quite a bit of violence for it, since it's a zombie show and an apocalypse show. But I think it has every everything for everyone. Um, so, and we don't take ourselves too seriously. So I think that's why, um, a lot of fans are drawn to it. Now, do you uh, do you have a favorite scene that you were in? Mm-hmm. I think my most, I don't know if I have a favorite scene, but I think my most memorable scene is when I had to do a big uh, stunt scene with uh, one of the, uh, one of the other um, characters on the show, uh, Addie. So we had, she, she basically had, um, she was going to septic shock because she had a rotten tooth and we had to like, pra- we had to practice this. We had to choreograph this whole big stunt scene that we were, cause she didn't want to take the tooth out, but I had to like take it out for her. And it was, um, it was a pretty, uh, based on what the, the, the writers and producers said, like it, the, the scene was pretty probably out of, you know, all five, all three seasons. I think it was in season three that it was probably the most um, kind of, yikes inducing um type of scene because people are like "Ooh, you can't see that the tooth is getting taken out but just based on her screams everyone's like ouch because no one likes to go to the dentist <laughs> so they're like oh my god that's that's a really like um, crazy scene so i think i think that's probably the most memorable one and it's always fun for me to do my own stunts and the stunt guys on on c nation are amazing guys so yeah. now where do you like you said this is going to be season five like where do you see your character's future um, season, well, we're almost like, I think there were two episodes left of, um, season five that's airing. So tomorrow, or I'm sorry, Friday. No, I'm sorry. Cut that. Cause you're airing this in new year's, um, season five, um, you know, Sun May's in the lab now. So I think, um, her storyline will basically continue on to, um, try to, to help the talkers, which are kind of. Um, conscious zombies that can talk now and that's kind of the huge storyline in season five so maybe you know um, maybe they'll continue my storyline to 
to try to find the um to try to find the protein that keeps them talking and and hopefully like help them out yeah now uh, you know on a typical day do you have fans coming up to you when they see you on the streets and saying that you're from z nation no actually um i don't know i don't know why i think because i i maybe in my regular day-to-day life i don't really look like um i'm in the apocalypse <laughs> as sun may so i um i don't really i haven't had really any um fans that have bothered me or um you know came up to me and and spotted me so um it's uh yeah because the show is pretty popular on sci-fi yeah yeah no it's their number one show number one scripted show so i haven't maybe i just haven't gone to the um the towns or the cities that um yeah. that they would recognize me. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much in Los Angeles most of, most of the time. So I think most people in Los Angeles are just, even if they did recognize me, I think um, we tend to not go up to, even if I saw another, you know, star that I like looked up to, it's, it's rare that they, they just go up to you and, yeah. and ask for an autograph or, or book you. Yeah. So what, like now what kind of type of roles are you looking for these days to like to challenge yourself more in the acting world? Um, you know, I, I think roles that, I think honestly, just three dimensional, strong female roles that, um, you know, have their own storyline. I mean, sadly, that's, uh, not, uh, something that it's, it's, it's becoming more and more, um, frequent that I'm getting these actual three dimensional roles that are that are open to an actual like Asian American woman to, to read for, but um, anything three dimensional. And, you know, I, I usually prefer playing strong women that are smart and capable. So um, I, I don't want to say specifically, Oh, I would want to play like, you know, uh, a doctor or a, a lawyer or, or something else. But um, yeah, just something that I think, um, Usually what draws me is are roles that are um, complicated and not, I guess, perfect people and they have, they're very flawed individuals and I tend to be drawn towards more um, darker uh, characters that I can, you know, really dive into what makes this person this person and can, can kind of show more of their humanity, yeah. if that makes sense. So now, like, you know, you've been acting for a few years. Are there some, like, actors or actresses in the acting world that influence you or you try to, like, model yourself after? Yeah. Um, some of, uh, just a few of my, you know, idols right now um, are um, Sandra Oh um, and Viola Davis. Uh, those are just a couple of actresses um, that I admire and look up to, not only because they're, um, amazing actresses and um, super talented, but I think they use their their platform and their voice for um, for the good of the community and for humanity. So those are the type of actresses that I look up to. So yeah. I'm excited to meet them one day. <laughs> so you went from you know finance and accounting, and now you're an actress. When somebody comes up to you and say, you know, what kind of advice can you give me to get into the field? What do you tell them? Hmm. Um, I would say do not quit your day job. 
<laughs> do not quit your day job off the bat just so you can pursue an acting career because it is, you know, there's no such thing as overnight success. And you know, it's a long game and it's not a short game. If you do have overnight success, you're probably, you know, luckier than winning the lottery. So um, I would say definitely find a steady source of income while you are training you know, find a good acting teacher, acting studio, and just really focus on the craft and becoming the best actor you can be so that when you do get the opportunity, then you're ready. Okay. And just really learn, yeah, learn, learn, learn the craft and, you know, like uh, be the best storyteller and actor you can be. And I think everything else just falls into place, but it is a long game. So you need to have that source of income in order to get you through the tough times um, and, pay for, you know, the cost of living while you are pursuing um, acting. So now, have you auditioned for a role that you didn't get, that you really wanted and you were, like, disappointed? Um, You're saying, have I ever auditioned for one that I really wanted and disappointed? Yeah, like, that you didn't get it and you were very disappointed that you didn't get it? Oh, that's all the time. (laughs) (laughs) That's just that's the life of an actor. Like, yeah. you know, you get it and you're like, oh, I'm, I'd be perfect for this role. And, you know, you go on an audition, you do your best, you give it your all and you don't hear back. You don't hear anything back because uh, as an actor, they don't give you any feedback. You just audition, you leave the room. And if you don't, if you don't hear back, that means you didn't get it. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, like you were saying, as, as if, you, if I was to give advice to a young person, start wanting to start to pursue an acting career it 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 is a, it's a long game and you have to be okay with quote unquote rejection saying people saying no to you and you have to not take it personal so you can't say oh man i really wanted it i was perfect for it but i sucked so that's why they didn't pick me there's so many other variables that go involved that are involved in casting that you can't take it personal and you have to just learn and move on and something else will, will fall into place. So, um, you know, that's still something, you know, even as an actor of my experience, um, being in the industry for a while that I've, I've, I'm still learning and still, um, accepting and still, um, having to, um, accept. So I've had multiple guests on and I've asked them the same question and, they pretty much have said the same thing. You know, some of them wished they could get some feedback, but then some of them don't because they don't want to hear what the issue was because they don't want to like mess with their head for their next time. They have an audition somewhere else. Yeah. I, I guess it depends on the person. I mean, uh, I guess the old me would have been like, Oh, can you give me some feedback? But I think, I think you just have to let it go. Like, like I said, there's like literally 99 out of a hundred, there's 99 variables that are not you know that you can't take personal it's you only have like one yeah one thing to do and that's go in there bring to life the character in the scene everything else could be you're too tall you're too short you're too skinny you're not skinny you know you're not uh you're too fat it could be you know you're whatever you're just not the right part and you just i think i've learned to just move on and not um not give a shit about people's feedback because (laughs) you just have to have that confidence as an actor because um if you if you don't then the next person's gonna have it you know yeah you're right and you you have to let things roll over your back because it's like you can't live with uh you know people like always you know hunting you down stuff like that 
Mm-hmm. So what's, uh, you know, you've done interviews, you've done podcasts. What's something that you wish you got asked that nobody ever asks you in an interview? Oh, wow. Hmm. Hmm. It's a good question. What does someone wish? Uh, Is there like a fun fact about you that you want people to know or? Um, yeah, sure. I guess, um, I guess people don't know that I was a really good basketball player growing up. And like I was telling you, I was a huge tomboy. So I grew, I grew up playing basketball up until my junior year in high school. So I guess people, um, you know, see me as a, just as an actor, but, um, I was pretty athletic growing up. So I was, uh, I still got skills. So I can probably hoop on some people if, if, you know, someone gave me a basketball and some tennis shoes. <laughs> how, come, how come you didn't pursue that to play in college when you went to college, too? Dude, I'm like 115 pounds and 5'8". Like, <laughs> I would have got crushed by a, even a small point guard. They're like, you know, these powerful women. Like, I realized that that was not my calling at a, at, during my junior year. I was like, you know what? Um, I was good. You know, I, was, I played varsity, but... Um, you know, from high school to collegiate, that's like a whole new level, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, I understand. Do you, uh, are you a Lakers fan? Do you uh, check out Laker games? Oh, God. Do you really want me to answer that? I live in Los Angeles. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I figured. <laughs> um, let's just say uh, I'm not a big fan of the Lakers, but um, I think the Clippers are coming up, right? I, I always root for the underdog. You the know what I'm saying? Clippers, so Clippers are I, playing better this year. Okay, so I'm always like, who's the underdog? I'm going to root for them. And I feel like the Lakers always win, so I'm going to root for the Clippers. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm, yeah I, haven't, I haven't really been to any Lakers. I've probably been to a few Lakers games, but it's, it's more so just for the, the socializing, not for the, the fandom. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I can see that. Do you, <laughs> do you have a favorite quote you live by? No regrets. There you go. Perfect. So just live your life, you know, whatever, you know, mistakes are are meant to help you grow and to learn. And hopefully you come out a better person and, you know, like everything else you can, you can get back, but time you can't, you know, so just do what makes you happy as long as you're not hurting anyone. And, um, you know, we only have one life and life is, is so short. So you don't want to look back when you're, you know, an old man or old woman and be like, Oh, I wish I could have done this. So, you, you know, you try it, you don't, you know, you fail and you, at least you can say you tried. There you go. Now, did I read online? You do, you support some uh, few charities. Is that correct? Um, yeah, I support, I, I support some, I, I want to say like charities, more, uh, nonprofit. Okay. Uh, well, I guess, yeah, I guess you could say they're charities, but more like nonprofit kind of um, organizations that kind of uplift certain communities. Okay. Now, uh, lastly, uh, I have a friend. His name is Andrew Jambroni. He's a huge fan of yours. Can you give him a quick shout out? His name is Andrew? Yes. Hey, Andrew. It's Sydney. Thanks for being a fan. Hope you keep watching. <laughs> there you go. And lastly, how can the listeners find you on social media? Uh, you can find me at Sydney Bing Luang on Facebook and Instagram. 
And then you can find me on Twitter at Sydney Biang. All right. Is there anything else you want to tell the listeners before we end this? No, thank you so much. I appreciate it. This was fun. Thank you.